Welcome to a very special episode of All Talk FC. We are back after a week's break, rested and ready to talk about the weekend's fiascos. We've got uh, England talk, Rory's game, and all of our usual fun. Let's go. How upset do you think Gary Lineker was not to be able to tweet this weekend after Sunday? I mean, what a week to boycott the social media. I mean, for good reason, I guess, but uh, yeah. Yeah, probably about an eight. Loves the sound of his own voice, that geezer, doesn't he? Or the, 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 the sound of his own tweets. I, I, I actually, it, was, uh... it got me. I forgot. And then when, when it all kicked off, my first kind of thing when it's football news, the first thing I do is go to Twitter because I'm like, oh, uh, let's find out what's going on. I want to see some videos of it. And there was nothing. There was nothing. And I was like, this is weird. Why is there nothing? And then I remembered. I was like, oh, yeah, there's a boycott. It actually works. Does that make you a full-blown racist for not knowing that this was happening? Uh, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> no, I knew it was happening. I just forgot in the moment. Uh, that's just what you do. You go to Twitter for the latest news because it's going to get it quickest. Yeah, I didn't even realise who was boycotting because I've actually been reducing my social media for weeks now. So... I, yeah, I didn't go on Twitter. Well, I think the, the idea was that it was people associated with football. And also, I know that a lot of um, rugby teams and journalists, and it was supposed to be kind of like all sports. Maybe everyone that was associated with BT, because all of a sudden they had loads of adverts about, you know, uh, online trolling and racism and, and abuse and stuff. So probably BT was like, all right, guys, let's do this. Um, so we'll see what that what that means. But obviously... You know, I was a bit gutted about the, the game on this weekend because it was probably the only one that I was really looking forward to. Me and Rory kind of surrounded our day around watching the 4.30 kickoff. Um, obviously, it, it was a lot of people that were upset about the uh, the ownership of Man United, similar to Arsenal from last week, talking about Kwonky. Um, I I don't really know what to think about it, to be honest, because Graham Sooners made an interesting point. Um, and him and Gary Neville was, have, was a bit on opposite ends of it because Gary Neville obviously as he does went on a big diatribe about how horrible and and ridiculous it is that these owners are doing x y and z and Graham Sooner said that you know the reason why Man United fans are upset all of a sudden about the Glazers because they haven't won a trophy or they haven't won the league in in like 10 years or whatever um I don't know if you think that all of this stuff is happening because I've not really seen any Man City fans sort of kick up about it so much Correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen Chelsea fans really kicking up. I don't know if their owners have kind of gone a little bit under the radar and their ideas like, right, let's just keep quiet. Um, do you think there's an issue? Uh, obviously, uh, do you know, I, I need to reframe that question because you're going to say absolutely yes. Do you think that there is, do you think there is good enough reason for the ownerships to change for your respective teams? And what do you expect from your owners usually? Why why is this such a big deal for you? Uh, Who do you want to answer that? Yeah, yeah. Go on, Mark. You start. Well, <clears throat> do I want the ownership to change? Not, not really, because it will just go to another businessman who wants to to make money off United. The the issue is like for me is not like oh we've got a a, a 
businessman owner who who's trying to make profit in every step of the club because you're like well profits in themselves aren't a bad thing like there's a reason man united are at the top is because we're one of the financially biggest clubs in the world and it's like so that's fine but what you don't want is like an ask like similar to united arsenal and liverpool where you feel like the club makes more money than actually gets invested back into the club so you're like okay there's there's a leak somewhere here like there's their their owners are actually taking out too much out of their piece of the pie so do i want new ownership yes but in a different setup where I, i i've always said i think football shouldn't be treated as a business football isn't the same as a business like you can't treat man united plc the same as you would uh a, an amazon or a bloody um any high street shop they're different because the the whole point of private companies is you have choice there's it's free market but with football clubs it's not like you're assigned your football club as a child and you stick with it like there isn't free choice so it football has to be run differently but would i want to see glazers out for another businessman come in no but deep down i think every fan would there's a little bit of every fan that would be like oh, it'd be great if we had man city's owners who just have unlimited money and just buy the league but I, I think it's more it's bigger than just switching owner. It's switching structure of how football clubs are run. Like Do you think that's why that that Man City probably hasn't been under fire as much and Chelsea is that their fans and probably the, the people surrounding it can see that they make a concerted effort to reinvest whatever it is that they make back into the team, back into the club. I, I think that's the big difference. Like you cannot no Chelsea fan or Man City fan could look you straight in the eye and say, Someone's making money off our club here where I think Man United and Arsenal are funding some NFL teams, uh, some American sport teams. And you're like, there's, there's not an equal amount of investment. Like we look at the investment of Man United. Yeah, they've made some bad sign-ins and they've done some, some weird decisions like the Alexis Sanchez deal. And uh, like there, there are some ones which are, for me are forgivable because at least you're trying. Like they bought in Alexis Sanchez, gave him a ridiculously expensive contract. But at least they tried to do that. But you you then get summers where you're like, hey, hang on, we spent hardly any money here. We're talking about record-breaking shirt deals with Adidas, and it's like, where's this money going? And it's and it's going outside of the club, which is the issue. Dan, do you um uh, early when I was thinking about this, and I was wondering, you know, what I don't think we talk about owners as much, like just in England and and football as much as we do, like if you follow American sports. Owners are often talked about at length about, we, we know their names and we know things like that. I almost think about it like referees. Is it better when an owner's like a referee doing a football match where you don't hear anything from them? They just kind of let things go on or you think it's like negative if you hear like heaps and heaps about them? I, I, don't, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule. Like I, you look at Mike Ashley, everyone knows who Mike Ashley is. Everyone knows he runs you know, at Newcastle. Everyone knows that he's... He is what he is and he's done what he's done to the club. And But he's got a voice and he talks a lot and he's very much out there. You look at Joel Glazer and the Glazers who haven't said a word for 16 years since they bought the club. And now after the Super League thing, the first ever thing they've ever said was, you know, I want to rebuild some trust and we're really sorry. And it's like, well, rebuild what? The, you know, the fans are like, what trust? What are you on about? Well, we don't even know who you are. I've not heard from you for literally nearly two decades. You've not said a single word. You've never been in the spotlight. You've never done an interview never so much as said anything commented on a win or anything and now you're just going to go and do this and as mark said 
we know over that time, there's been, you know, there's been tons of protests and there's been lots of failed protests. There's that one where there was meant to be that big walkout when the Wolves game a couple of years ago. That never happened. There was supposed to be, there was the, the um, green and gold the, protest. Yeah, the green and gold. I was going to say, the guy, yeah. the guy behind you wore the green and gold flag. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. So, and Cantona, you know, all of them went green. There was, there's been loads of protests over the years. This, I think, the, the reason the United one was really interesting is caught the attention and is what it, you know, as big as it is, is because it's not, this isn't just United fans going, oh, we're really angry about the European Super League and we're just more angry than everyone else. We're going to make more of a fuss. This is years and years of anger and frustration and just feeling like the club's been neglected. So, the, you know, they, they make jokes that all the banners were jokes around, you know, uh, the it's raining money, but it's also raining in the stadium because no one's fixing the leaks. And, you know, the paint is coming off the walls and that. they haven't invested in the training grounds for, you know, 15, 16 years. You've got Liverpool rebuilding stands. You've got Man City building academies. You've got Chelsea funding the local, you know, thing. United are doing nothing. As Mark said, they're just taking as much money as they can and letting it run and stay afloat. And, yeah, they've won some stuff and it's Man United. And of course, you know, revenues have been massive because they weren't public and they had Ed Woodward and JP Morgan backing them. But they've got £1.5 billion worth of debt that the company's built on now. And, and so I think, uh, I don't think this was just a European Super League thing. This was a culmination. And that was like the final straw where everyone's like, are you kidding me? After all of that, you're now going to go and just take our football. The last thing you've left us, which is at least we've got our football, which is competitive, you know, if we still feel like we've got some say over, you're now going to go and take that from us as well. Are you kidding me? And, and I think it was just that that's that's taken it to this level now. Rory, obviously, you have been an ardent sort of uh, person against Arteta and the way that Arsenal's kind of managed themselves. How much how much blame can you put towards the owners? Like, obviously, Stan Kroenke uh, is in no one's good books. You've you've followed Arsenal for years and years and years well, and years. Yeah. I, I think you can put a lot of blame towards the owners towards, because because Arteta and to a and to a lesser extent Solskjaer as well. They're both symptoms of owners that don't really care in terms of they don't care from day to day how the how the company or how the football club has been run. They they don't they they admittedly don't know anything about the sport and they've left people in charge who quite frankly aren't football people. You know, like they they they've left like people like Peter Kenyon at United and people like this Vinaya at, at Arsenal, they don't know anything about football. They, they'll admit that they don't know anything about football. And then mm. you see things like the situation at United where after Carrick and Skulls retired and got older, United didn't have a proper centre mid for so long, like for about four years. And I remember even the year they went and got Van Persie, I remember thinking, well, that's a bit of a strange sign. And although he, he then went on to do amazing, I thought it was a really strange signing that there was gaping holes all, o- all over the rest of the team. But they went and added another attacking player. The same way that Arsenal went out and got Pepe, but there's still massive holes in the middle of Arsenal's midfield. Arsenal did not sign a um, a holding midfielder from when Gilberto Silva retired or left right the way up until probably we signed Serrera. Like, I know you can kind of say Alex Song was was kind of a holding midfielder and so was Flamini, but they weren't up to the standard to play for Arsenal. Um, Alex Song was a centre-back and always fancied himself as more of a passer than a ball winner. And Flamini was never really up to the standard of Arsenal. So for me, that type of mismanagement is a symptom of an owner that either doesn't care or isn't knowledgeable enough. If I think about it like this, 
me, Mark and Danny, we're not really basketball fans. If someone gave us a basketball franchise now and said, by the way, that's your, let's, let's take the Denver Nuggets, for example. If somebody gave the Denver Nuggets to me, Dan and Mark, the, we would probably spend the next week researching how it's run, where we need to finish, the rules, the, the types of players we need to attract, speaking to the fans, finding out what the team needs to move forward. The Glazers and the Cronkies have done none of that. They've, they've treated the, the football clubs almost like a buy-to-let uh, property. They've bought it. They've rented it out and they've just let the place fall, fall into disrepair, both literally and theoretically, because Arsenal's ground is exactly the same as well. You've seen um, the big crack down the cannon at the ground. That's just been I've, I've, I've often asked you guys to do certain things for the pod, so you've given yourself a bit too much credit saying you do all this research. If you were given a basketball team, yeah, well, no, but uh, why are you, are you gonna give are you gonna give us a basketball team then? I just uh, heard I, I was getting some nuggets, so I was like, oh, do you see what I'm saying? Though? I know you what you're saying, it? I know what you're saying, and it's, it's it's a weird one with ownership because you're like, all right, these guys are people that buy clubs aren't these are people that have a lot of stuff going on, so you think, all right, what's your reasoning behind getting this team? Is it purely financial? Do you know anything about it? Do you have a team that's going to help you? You know, I, well, I, I think I it's clear that it's not because of their love of the sport that they've well, got. Uh, you know, when you hear about this guy from Spotify who's interested in buying Arsenal, what sort of thing does that do for you? Because it's different than hearing about a manager that's going to come in. You know, if a manager comes in and he's not very good, it's very easy to get rid of them. But they and they have an influence on the team as how they're going to perform on on the pitch. Same thing as an owner. But if an owner buys a club, it's very, very difficult to what, get them out. What I will say, though, is let's say that this Spotify guy, is it Daniel Eck is his name? Um, Something like that. Let's say that he buys the football club. It doesn't matter how much money he throws at it. If the right, if he's still letting people do the signings that don't have the, either don't have the team's best interest at heart or aren't knowledgeable enough. Like, I would even debate that, that, that Arsenal, I mean, Arsenal have had money spent on the first team. They gave they, they spent £72 million on Nicolas Pepe. They gave Willian. They made him the fifth highest paid winger in, in, in the league at the age of 32. They gave him a three-year contract on 200 grand a week. The money's there, but the money and the appointments of managerial and coaching staff are in the hands of non-football people. So if you I gave I think me... that's really interesting because David Dean is... I, I think he it was probably 2006, 2007-ish time. And they, but he was obviously co-chairman. He was... Yeah. He ran him Arsenal. Him and a guy um, called Fisman as well. Him and a guy Yeah, and they Fisman. ran Arsenal and they, they understood football. And there's a reason they now work at the FA and do all of that stuff because they, mm-hmm. they know football. And the moment he sold up and left, or pushed out, left, whatever it was, mm-hmm. the new owners came in. The, there's been mismanagement ever since. I think David Gill was a, another one at United who... He was a football person. He knew it. As again, there's a reason the FA want him involved in what they're doing because he understands business. He understands football. And you, there's, you know, I, I mean, I've gone on for years. You know this because you probably go back to our first ever pod. Ed Woodward for me was just a dire, dire hire because right, um, because he's not a football person. Right? He was no. a finance guy. It worked at JP Morgan that came in to help make sure that when they went public, they did it right. But he was given the running of the club, and the reason the Sanchez deals and all that things happened is because, and you know, Sanchez, all right, should have been better, but wasn't. But there was a lots of like Falcao deal, the Di Maria stuff, lots of stuff that just went horribly wrong. And Arsenal had the same thing. And I think yeah. it comes from the top. Yeah. If you don't have owners that give a shit and they just hire people who are just there to basically make some money, basically make sure money, yeah. yeah, make sure that financially the club is okay and they don't really care much or know that much about the football. 
then you rely heavily on the on the coaches and the manager. And United got away with it with Ferguson and Arsenal got away with it with Wenger because they knew it, they were old school, they understood how to run the club. The moment you take those out, it becomes very, very difficult. It's why United have churned through managers and Arsenal the same. Yeah. And yet they've landed with Solskjaer and, and um, what's his face? Because they know the club. You know, Arteta. I think I think not enough is actually made about how much of a bad... We're at the stage now where Arteta's doing the worst. I mean, not enough is being made. They're about not doing enough bad, job talking about how bad Arteta's uh, doing. Well, I, 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 I think, I think he... everyone should be Arteta out after Thursday. 100%. Uh, uh, basically, after he blamed Martinelli for Ceballos' red card, that's that's the last straw, isn't it? He's not. Martinelli is, is, along with Saka, Arsenal's best prospect. Yeah. And it's like... What, what did he exactly say? Can you remind us? Because I, he said, I didn't hear that. He said, oh, Ceballos was on a yellow card. And right. he said, uh, we knew Ceballos was likely to get a second yellow card, so we asked Martinelli to to warm up, to sub off uh, Ceballos, but Martinelli took too long to get ready. The, what? During, yeah, he said Martinelli took too long to get ready, so Ceballos uh, got the second yellow card in that time. He's, there's probably some truth. You see when these footballers, they're like, quick, get on. And then they're like, they haven't even got their socks on. Like, yeah, like, they've not on. got yeah, their boots that, on. They've got nothing on. Yeah, That's yeah, just, it, he said so many weird things now. And it is clear that he's completely out of his depth. I always go back to the Gary Neville thing. And when, when he said Gary Neville realised when they played Atletico Madrid, that he was just, it was the equivalent of being strangled by a snake. And he said Simeone was looking over at him, looking at him as if to say, I know you're a chancer. And bluffers always get found out. Yeah, Gary- Arteta looks the part though. Like he does. Uh, like when you see him on the sideline, he does look a, a, a manager. Of- because he, basically, he looked. But then Alex Ferguson looked like an old geezer and was yeah. more successful than any manager yeah, in history. By, by that reckoning, Scott Parker should be the best manager in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Scott <laughs> no, Parker. But there is a reason why certain managers get longer in the job than others because they yeah, do look. The they're part. not English. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Carlo Ancelotti doesn't look the part. But he's probably the most qualified manager other than Pep in the Premier League. And Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll move on to another bloke. Another bloke that looks the part is uh, Gareth Southgate and his nice um, nice vest as a manager. Um, uh, the European, the Euros, they've said that they can have three extra players in their team for the squad. So the workload and the labour just isn't as intense on the players during this period. And also, I don't know how early it was before, but I just realised just looking into this, they can also have five substitutes per game, which is good. Um, so I've looked at the this this England squad that I'm going to read out to you now is what I've seen on their squad. So I'm assuming this is just the 23-man squad that they had for the last few games. Uh, we've got Pope, Henderson and Johnston in goal. Mings, Dyer, Walker, Maguire. We've got, is that Dyer? Is that um, Deli Ali? No, that's Reese James, sorry. Uh, ben Chilwell, Luke Shaw, John Stone, T- Trippiard, Rice, Mount, Jude Bellingham, Lingard, Phillips, Ward-Prowse, Kane, Calvert-Lewin, Foden, Ollie Watkins and Raheem Sterling. Do you, With the three extra places, who do you think is most deserving? And actually, do you think there's going to be anyone that's going to drop out uh, to leave more space for more people? Uh, go on, Dan. I know you're, jump, you're jumping in a bit for this one. You're on mute, Dan. Sorry, I was. I'm not jumping out of bit. I was just trying to remember the names you were just saying. Trying to read you're the one. Out. You're the one that asked <laughs> yeah. this question. So. We, 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 we've all been putting questions into our into our WhatsApp chat, and then Danny was like, "Oh, we're not going with my question." Then I was like, "Oh, yeah. you're keen on this question." Ooh. Yeah, I'm not not prepared. Sorry. 
Honestly, I'm asking out of interest. No, what I mean is, I wasn't prepared for you to read out a team. You'd have to think of who's, who you've missed out of that team because I don't know what team you just read out. Of no, men, no but... Madison, no Greenish. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, I, I, I did have a think. I did have a look at it, and I think I think where we're where we struggled in previous competitions and where we're weak. Obviously, we've got Harry Kane, and Harry Kane is going to start as our number nine. And then there's quite a lot of attacking players. You've got your Sancho's and your Rashfords and your Sterling's and whoever, but. I do actually think there is a place for Greenwood because I think that Greenwood can play across the front line. I think he's a finisher and can have an impact. And I think he gets overlooked, but he's been pretty impressive for United. So young. How old is Greenwood? Yeah, but but you, you say that. like, And I know there's right, there's always one. So there was Theo Walcott, there was Loftus-Cheek. There's always the one sort of wild card that a manager takes. They feel like they need to take one. I don't know why you wouldn't take him. Only because when... Too often we we're in games and we're like we're out of ideas. Kane's not scored a penalty and Rashford's not playing well or Sterling's not playing well. What do you do? You're out of ideas. But Greenwood, I think, can actually come on and have an impact. He can actually do something, take players on, or at least shoot and score. So I would I would have Greenwood. I, I really would. Slightly. I know I do like Greenwood and I, I, I like I like his prospects. I do think you might be over egging what he's been able to do this season a little bit, particularly in recent times. I don't like. He's not been as prolific as you think, like you wanted him in the squad so eagerly. I, I don't think he's, I'm not saying you start him over Kane. Like, what, what I mean is, I'm, I'm looking at you've got an opportunity to bring a couple of extra players. You need something that's a bit different. Like, for the same reason, I would bring Calvert Lewin probably over a, a Watkins or Ings because he's different to Kane a bit. He can win headers, he can play a bit differently. You look at the kind of players, we haven't got a huge abundance of players that can play on the right wing. And we also haven't got an abundance of players who are good finishers, or at least could come on and potentially score goals. We really haven't. When you look at that list, you're naming people like Ward Prowse and Dyer and Calvin Phillips and people like that. You think when we're when we're two one down in the game, who are we going to really bring on? Look at our. Is Rashford on the right? And most of yeah, these players now, these little these little inside forward type players, they can usually where whereas before, like back in the day of Giggs and Beckham, and then for Arsenal you had like Overmars and Parler. And then later you had Pires and Lundberg. Players were stuck to one wing. Whereas now when you play with like three in behind the striker, a lot of the time a player like, for example, Smith Rowe or um, who was I thinking of? Um, Phil Foden. They can play in any of those three positions behind the striker. David Silva back in the day as well. You know, so I, I'm not too really worried about needing, needing one player for the right specifically and one player for the left. Like I'd happily play all three of them you know, players that that type of player, I'd happily take four or five of them and just rotate them based on who's playing the best. Is Rashford then just out of the picture now? Do you think there's no chance of him sort of? I think, being added I think he starts. He's, he's on yeah. my starting. He's on my starting eleven. Rashford? Why? Absolutely. Yeah, but Rashford, Why? Rashford, Rashford wasn't one of the names that I read out in the last. So, week. so you're dropping. Yeah, I, I, mean, I can't remember all the names you read out. <laughs> But you're going to drop Sterling then? If Rashford's- yeah, absolutely I'd drop Sterling. Sterling's not even making it into Pep's team for the big games now. He's being dropped himself. And you'd also put Rashford in ahead of ahead of Sancho? Or you well, no, that's Sancho- my point, right? So you've, you've got Sancho on one wing, who can play off the, he plays best off the right. You've got Rashford, who plays best off the left. You've got Kane, who plays best down the middle. And, and then you've got Foden, who can basically right. play anywhere behind any of them. So... But you've got when, a you, when you balance. play when you play Grealish on the left, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have probably, direct- I, I would pick I would play Grealish, but Grealish isn't gonna be fit. Like he's not played football in three months. We're talking the first game of the tournament is in less than six weeks. So yeah, there's no chance. That, but- there's no chance Grealish is, is going because he's not fit. So yeah, I, I don't think he's in question, but that's why 
I look at that and go, well, if Sancho is having an off game, I'm not going to put Rashford out on the right. He doesn't do very well. I'm not going to put Sterling out on the right. He doesn't do very well. If we do need someone out to, I don't know, you know, play with some wit or whatever, who have we got? We haven't really got anyone. Maybe Mark. You can stick Saka out there. Mark, who do you think is on the outside looking in? Uh, Well, the obvious one, which no one's mentioned, has to be Trent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I almost don't even want to say that about him. I almost don't want to say that about him. Right. But, but, like, he's, he's what, the outside. I think... What do you mean? He's not been in the last yeah. however many England squads. Yeah, but he will. Yeah, but he will be. Like that's just Southgate doing it. Southgate, of course, he'll be in the squad. Like it's tra- what, course- the one that annoys me is like I think Southgate knows he's starting eleven plus probably two or three that are pushing the starting eleven. So when we talk about extending the squad by three extra players, I want to see like variety. So I want to say, okay, what what do those three players bring? And like, I'm being a bit biased here, but I, I do think one Bissaka because I'm like... I like one Bissaka. If, if we go one nil up, if we get further in the tournament, yeah. or, or even in the group, if we play a decent team, we go one or two nil up and there's half an hour to go. I, I think one Bissaka coming off the bench is not a bad shout. We've got... No one is the best there. defensive 1v1 fullback that we yeah. have. And it's not and this, close. Yeah, I, but I, I do think Southgate's a bit too aspirational in like, oh, we're going to play a certain style of football. We're going to play attacking football. We're going to play along the floor, this style for 90 minutes plus potential extra time. And you're like, sometimes you do need to see out games. Sometimes you do need to be like, okay, we are playing a team that's better than us. If we want to win the thing, at some point, we're going to play a team better than us. So... Can I I ask you for a question? Please. Um, Do you think that this... this, um like bringing an extra three players. The first thing that I thought when I read that was, to be honest with you, just oh, what bollocks. Because every tournament, 23 man, we, we take 23 players with us. And in 2010, it was Stephen Warnock. In 2006, it was Theo Walcott. But there's always one player. It's sometimes Aaron Lennon. I think it might have been one year as well. Who just doesn't even get on the pitch anyway. So all we're doing is yeah. taking an extra three players who just aren't going to but get we've always, we've always had a manager. We've always had a manager that... Uh, but we've always had a manager who's not liked one of the big players. And this this tournament, this it seems the like same it could be Grealish trend. as well, though. And Madison, it could be... Gre- it could be but yeah. worry, worry, I think you have to also take into account, you know, this may, this isn't necessarily the squad that everyone's going to be playing on the pitch. This is like training. This is things that you're going to do... But then, how do you do eleven? Via, like that's that's another thing. the The idea of taking a twenty three man squad is that you, if you want to do full sided pitch um, training sessions, i.e., you want to do like you want to you want to set one team up. Like if we're playing Colombia, for example, you have eleven and eleven, and then a spare goalkeeper in case one of the keepers gets injured. Taking an extra, I don't know. I just I just think that it just it's another one of these stupid rules that they're bringing in and using COVID as kind of like an excuse. And I, I mean, think... well, it is, but it is so because if you look at if you look across uh, football or sports, so many players are just getting injured. So they're taking into account they're just having more bodies. The more but they're getting injured be... because they're playing like three games a week and they're playing at ridiculous times. And, and that's why you need more players. That's, that's why professional you're doing five professional stuff. athletes need it's a routine. They're soft. And there's that's no reason. And but professional athletes need routine, and there's no routine anymore because you could be playing at six no, o'clock on not, a Wednesday. It's not Rory. It's not Rory. It's the overplaying. It's lack of lack of um, rest. It's uh, just not being able to do the things they need to do to take care of their body. That's what it is. But that's because of they're using COVID as an excuse. But if they bought, but it is a good excuse. Rory. It isn't. It's, they should have that reason why. 
that it, they should have either postponed the Euros or stretched out the season if they cared about players' safety. But it's I not. Mean, they just... I mean, yeah, but but that's not going to happen, Rory. So this is the next best option. They could they could put it back further, but I don't think anyone and would let's like. Let's be that. honest. Let's be honest. If it's the last group game and we need a point to go through, do you really think he's dropping Kane because he's tired? No, but it's not about that. It's now that there's five subs. Like, I, if you look at, um, it, it's been a bit different in the Premier League. But if you look at around Europe and uh, the the clubs that have the best squads have uh, typically done much better and they've done better than they otherwise would because there's been lots of subs, there's been lots of injuries. You need they have a massive advantage. So I, I actually, ironically, that the the downside to all of this is it gives a massive advantage to the Germanys, the Spains, the Englands, the Frances because. We've got huge squads, and for our, our com- countries, it's like, oh my god, who are we going to drop? You know, like the the few people that don't make it, the Madisons and the Grealishes of the world, and Trent or whoever, they're getting any other squads, like, but they're just not because we've got yeah. a good squad. Well, so what, it's unfair on all the smaller nations. But they have. What to I will do it. say about about us, and you you mentioned like a Spain, is that if you look at our midfield, and I was actually talking to to Chris about this yesterday. If you look at our midfield options, Jordan Henderson's definitely going to start. So is Ward Prowse, maybe, and so is Declan Rice, maybe, and maybe Calvin Phillips. So you're talking about those four. You can compare and contrast that with Spain, who have Thiago, Rodri, Fabian Ruiz, Sergio Canales, Danny Olmo. Like you, you look at those four against those five that I've just mentioned. Maybe we're not as strong as we think we are, especially well, no in the middle. Oh, no, they, they were player down too. I hate playing five aside when you, you haven't got. <laughs> 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 We'll uh, we, we're not winning because of our midfield. We're winning in spite of our midfield. That's all. Yeah, that's yeah, we, yeah. But I think games are won and lost in the midfield. That's my opinion, though. I know that a lot of people would. would but if you're if you're in opposition to to having more players, what is it that we lose then, in your opinion, from gaining more players? Into Just the having a lot. Do you remember when Man City first got their money and they signed like loads and loads of players? I said they won't win the league yeah. yet because there's no way that there's no way that that you can keep 30 players happy because then there's going to be players. I mean, think how boring it must be going to a tournament and being locked up in a training camp for most of the day. Now think how boring it would be by having six or seven players that know they're never getting on the pitch. So what are they there for? To go to go to training, to knock about, to play pool, to play the PlayStation. And it's going to be very, very hard to keep 25 players motivated. Is it 25 or 26? 26. 26. But 26. There's, At there's least eight of those players aren't going to see the pitch. But they might, because you, you might get injuries and there are more subs. So all you need, like the, the difference, we, we haven't got huge depth in certain positions. So there'll be players who are thinking, do you know what? It's only going to take one injury and I, I've got a chance. They'd rather go than not. Of course they would. I guess they, I just I just think that it just seems, I mean, I, I just don't know how you take a group of blokes in their 20s and 30s away. I mean, there's a few teenagers there and you keep them motivated when there are going to be players that won't play. There will be players, there will be, and I, I, I would actually... If anyone wants to put it out there for the listeners, I will I will have a, a bet of a tenner with anyone that we have either five or more players that don't see any playing time. But that's not that's what... not that's not revelation. Like you're just bringing more people just so you have more bodies. It's, maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. I mean, we could very well be out within three games, and then I mean, I there'll be think more. That's happen. There'll be more that, players that don't get that game time. I don't right. think that's going to happen. I don't think we're going to go out of the group stage. I think we we have too much quality. Uh, but maybe. and we're at home. Uh, yeah, and we're at home as well. I don't know. Oh so yeah, and we have that's what I mean. Like you look at Foden at the minute, who are you dropping Foden for? No one. Probably, Foden, probably no, one. no one. And you're gonna want him on the pitch all the time. 
So yeah. even if someone like um, I, I was going to say someone like Deli Ali would end up going. There's no way you you're going to bring on Deli Ali for Foden. Yeah, I don't think Deli. I think I think Jesse Lingard gets in over Deli Ali. Or Jesse Lingard. Realistically, do you want or Messi Lingard as Mark Mark calls it? Yeah, do you yeah. want Jesse Lingard anywhere near your starting eleven or anywhere near? Not starting eleven, but I I don't. But I, I also I'm don't subscribe. Yeah. yeah, I don't subscribe to the idea that no anyone's unsubbable. I think that cost us in the Euros with Kane. Yeah. I would have I would have subbed Kane many a times well, against Euro Croatia for, for Vardy and yeah and See, and look now it I, isn't like Vardy turned out to be a one hit wonder he's been our top English goal scorer. For I was what, I was actually going to say I'd be more up for taking someone like Vardy because at least Vardy gives you something that other strikers don't. Yeah, the problem I mean, is that Southgate just pace. Southgate he, has Vardy, certain players he can't drop. He's also retired. I mean, Vardy's, it, unless unless he says to him, by the way, you're going to start every game, of course he's not going to go. Yeah, he's but like, you heard why Do you think he, he was told to retire or do you think he retired of his own? No, he retired, he retired because he knew he wasn't going to get in over Kane. That's the reality. And he didn't want to but, sit on the bench for years. No, but he would have if he thought he would get 20 minutes, 30 minutes. He wasn't yeah. even getting that. He was yeah. getting no time. That's the difference. Yeah, for me, I, would, I, don't, I wouldn't sub a goalkeeper or unless I have to, the centre-backs. Oh, I don't if, like saying no, full-backs either. No, well, it depends because they're back be four. Tentacle. I think your back four has to stay. That I think your back but four has I to be. Yeah, then it's it's it is tactical because now the wing backs such an important role. In yeah, no, everyone else is up for dropping. I I wouldn't watch Foden have a stinker of seventy minutes and be like, I'm keeping him on. Nah, no, for potential good twenty. I'm like, I'd go along with that, but then I think that out of all the players you could bring on for Foden, there's going to be probably like an option of four different players to bring on, and I think you're going to always end up bringing on the same one again and again and again. Which is not a bad thing. Like it's we see teams, some of the best teams in Europe have their same subs. Like when Leicester yeah. won the league, you knew Okazaki was Okazaki coming off was six, coming off So, but, but then also, sometimes yeah. you can say to a player, "Empty the tank. You're coming off after 60. Yeah. Also, uh, also got... don't write off don't write off the fact that you've seen it with Luke Shaw this year when they went and bought Tellers. Number one, why are you buying Tellers? You've already got Luke Shaw. Some players respond really well to competition. Some players will look yeah. around and go, "God, there's some really good players. I need to I need to really put it out here to get my starting spot." Mm. Yeah, hopefully yeah. you'll do that. Um, should we do our results league? And if you've got anything else you want to do, last minute. What did we? Who did we decide? Or I said Greenwood. Yeah, no one. Basically, basically, we left the, the extra free spaces open. We didn't get anywhere close to that. Rory, did you actually pick anyone? I didn't. No. Uh, well, you don't want to, so that's fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't even want them to do it. Yeah, that's my. Fine. That's my. Your choice is no one. That's Because I, I thought about it before the pod, and I was like, well, annoyingly, because I had one Bissaka, Trent, and Greenwood. I was like, well, two are United, so I'm I feeling yeah, a bit biased on. there. So. But I think that's right. I think because you, you, if you're going to take more players, you need something uh, a bit. Take Saka. Come on, that. And Saka, Saka was also yeah. on my shortlist. Is an option as well because he can play in a lot of positions. Madison. The funny thing is, Smith Rowe now is never going to have an England career because he's the same age as Foden. So he's in a bit of a he's in a bit of a Michael Carrick situation where he knows he's yeah. probably going to end up with ten. Well, like, like you said, Rory, it's not about like players literally playing the exact same positions. You know, some of these younger players and the way it goes. At the top end of the pits, there's so much rotation. Rotation, like, yeah. Pits. I just think it's going to be very tough. It's been nice. very tough for Smith Rowe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Competition. Probably. It's tough probably, for him yeah. in Arsenal at the minute. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true. But, you know, that, that'll be for the next year of sort of World Cup. Yeah, it's, yeah. A bit, it's a bit premature. Remember, there's a World Cup next year as well. So we're only a year away from that. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, results League. Um, so last week, 
I think the game's going on now. I don't know what the score is. I picked Wolves to beat West Brom 2 0. It's currently 1 1. Oh, dear me. Uh, you picked, well, this is good for you then, because you picked uh, West Brom to beat Wolves 2 1. And uh, Mark, you picked Crystal Palace to beat Man City 2 1. Um, that was obviously a throwaway. You've just given up the season, haven't you? Well, I half thought uh, Man City would uh, rest some players mid. Well, they did. Mid- they rest their entire first but I saw the seven players they brought in were valued at over 500 million. And it's like, someone, <laughs> this is the, the level playing field fans have argued for that the team yeah. about to win the league bring 500 million pounds worth of reserves on. <laughs> I know. It's funny how like some of these other teams were like, we need to keep Man City's in the, and the uh, uh, Chelsea's in. It's like, no, let them get out so we have a chance of doing something. You know. know. But... Um, yeah, that, that, I mean, that was more of a throwaway, but there you go. So this week, um, I'll go first. We're going to pick two this week because we need to catch up. And also, according to Fantasy Football, it's a double game week. Um, I don't know if they'll throw the Man United-Liverpool game in this week. Probably not. Um, well, so I'm going to go... My first team, I've gone for Fulham to beat Burnley at home. And they're going to win 1-0, I think. We'll see. Should I do my second team or do you want to go through the first week and then... No, no, do your second. Yep. All right. The second team is uh, Crystal Palace to face Sheffield United away. I think that's a good choice. Uh, and I'm going to say that they are going for a 2-0 victory away from home. Danny Boy, you yeah. wrote yours down. Read it on the... on the. Uh... Uh, I did. I was just looking at the scores. Um, I'm, it's over, isn't it? Yes. There's only it's, four uh, weeks... <laughs> There's yeah. four weeks left. To be fair, though, Chris, you're on 28 and Mark, you're on 27. So that wouldn't yeah, spoon. It's, it's play for. Yeah. Uh, right. I went for uh, Leicester to beat Newcastle at home 3-1. Leicester in good form. Newcastle just, well, they, they know they're safe, so they don't care. And uh, uh, Wolves to beat Brighton 1-0. I think Brighton now know they're safe. They'll also be on the beach. So Marcus. I am going Sheffield United to beat Palace. And I'm going to go for a 2-0 win. You've basically guaranteed me the one there. You're terrible at this. And you then, say 2-1. And then my next one, I needed to save Wolves for next week. And I needed to save Leicester. So it's got to be Spurs. And Spurs are away to Leeds. So I'm doing Spurs to win 4-2. Away to Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> we we haven't even heard a word about, about Gareth Bale's hat trick this week. Yeah, do you know it's getting to contract renewal time? He's got to uh, up his game, hasn't he? <laughs> well, do you know what I realised? You know, we've been we've been singing Pogba's praises for weeks and weeks now. Going, ah, all of a sudden, he's got so good. Of course, contract negotiations are all going. Of course, they are. Pogba got good the moment you and Chris said he wasn't good. Ali Pali. The week us. after, he, 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 he just us. got good. That yeah. was it. But that's because he's in he's in his last year of his contract, which no one really, also didn't realise. I don't know. Can I just so say one thing about Can I just say one thing about the footballing weekend? Just hopefully we don't go on too long about this. Did you see um did you see Fleck uh stamping on Reggion's head? No. Unbelievable. I mean me and Maury was watching this and I just thought I couldn't believe it because you know, um, he's gone into a challenge with Reguilón. Basically, Reguilón's down on the floor, and he's stepping over him, and steps on his on his shoulder, on his body. His foot slid down, 
ended up stamping on the side of his head. And, you know, obviously he's rolling around on the floor, as he should do. VAR went and looked at it. The referee also had a look at it. No yellows, no reds. Now, I thought that was absolute bollocks because I said to Rory, if you get VAR gives handballs for whether it's on purpose or it's accidental, I think Flex stepped on Reguilón on purpose. But even if it's accidental and he's absolutely trodden on his head, you could see he's got these massive scratch marks on the side of his head. Surely, if that's even accidental, a card is warranted. Like if you're going to give, uh, I didn't, I didn't, like think, I didn't think it was, a, I didn't think it was a sending off. I didn't think it was a sending off at all. I've, How I, could look, you step on someone's head and it not be because, red, not even because, yellow? If you've ever landed on someone's shoulder, it's so hard to balance on someone's shoulder. If you land on someone's shoulder like that, your foot can go anywhere. But don't be like, landing on people's shoulders. Like. But then what's his head, What's he doing down there? Yeah. I have no idea. Like, like, you ask like, him. Like, if I jump head first at your feet and you you end up kicking me, that's not your fault. It's my fault. What's my head doing down there? That That's, that's the way what I, happened. I think it's too, it's too sort of, um, like, it's too wishy-washy to say that it's a clear and obvious error. I think VAR got it right. I thought I think you oh, can't prove. I think he's it. looking at him. Yeah. No, I think that's that is. Yeah. I think. Brutal, isn't it? I don't agree with the if it's accidental, it's still red. But I I think there's enough there. He looks down at him, so I can see it now. Did he looks look, down, look at down at him after though. I haven't got it in front of me. Yeah. So. Right, no, he looked Mark, down on the Mark, way down. Yeah. Do you not think that with with VAR being being what it is, and the amount of decisions that they've given based on whether something's done on purpose or not. If you've got, if the referee didn't have VAR, fair yeah, enough. You, you can't confuse the fact that he's gone back and fouls. looked at VAR and he's not given anything. I think that's ridiculous. But I think right, you can so... tell. I think you can tell someone's stamps by how their foot reacts after his foot goes to the he's floor. Gone down. If you've ever stepped on someone, you hop. You almost hop away, don't you? Like yeah. you don't. Yeah, he's that, that's true. But there's there's, there's a number of reasons tell. why you can send off. The, the only reason that so you know every sending off has a reason. The referee has to write the actual foul. Yeah, like committed. Newcastle. That uh, would be serious. That would Mike be serious Dean, foul play. So that 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 um that foul would have had to have constituted serious foul play. The guy's got do you think that, that was serious? Do you I've think that was serious it. foul play? I think. I'm with, yeah. I'm with Chris. I've just watched that. That's a red card. How is that yeah. not red? I think that's because that's deliberate. Like, I, I, think, it's that's, deliberate. That's what I think it's deliberate. It's only he's... serious foul play if it's deliberate. Uh, yeah. Look so at him, down... he's staring right. He's staring right. Yeah. He hasn't lifted his foot. Nothing. He. I don't think he needs to get him in the head. He needs to get him in the arm. But he slipped and then got him in the head. But that is absolutely deliberate. He could have got his foul away. So with, all the, the... with all the decisions that VAR's been making this season, that's I a don't shocker. understand how they've just allowed that to go on. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> Just another instance of VAR being. What bullshit. I will say is, if if La Celso had stayed at Betis, he wouldn't be in the Premier League and wouldn't be getting kicked like that. So it serves him right. It was Regulon, wasn't it? it was Regulon. Oh, was it Regulon? Yeah. I thought it was La Celso. Yeah. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I'd, 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 I'd had a few years. It'd have a different kind of rake, the farmer. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, they both came from teams in Seville. They both came from Spain. Uh, farmers. Farmers. Both, yeah. <laughs> Go on, Rory. You've got a lovely game for us. You were oh, well, well excited about this yesterday. I have. So I am. I have a game for any anyone that knows me. You'll know how passionate I am about squad numbers. Um. So this okay. game has uh has joined my love of football with my love of squad numbers. Did you give Chris some revision tips? No, I didn't actually. I didn't. So just because I've, I've done, been killing it lately, you're going to tell me that that this isn't going to happen. Have so you? what I've done. Is oh, also, I'd like to dedicate this game to two people. First of all, a friend George of the Floyd. show and a listener of the show, 
by the name of Robert Murphy, who I played football with him in uni. I have never met anybody scumbag. who is, yeah, he is a scumbag. I have never met anybody who is as good at remembering squad numbers as this guy. You could say to him, Paolo one shop, Derby, Derby County, and he would go, yeah, he was number 29 or something like that. Oh. Um, he will do it with any player that's played in the Premier League. Unbelievable. And the second person is another listener of the show by the name of Charlie Griffiths, who is what can only be described as a squad number terrorist. He, I've seen his football manager set up. Set up. There'll be right backs wearing number nine. There'll be strikers wearing number two. There'll be left wingers wearing number five. And he honestly does not give a single fuck. And for that reason, this is also dedicated to him because squad number terrorism will not be tolerated on a on this podcast any either. So or any form of terrorism. Oh, any form of terrorism. Thank you very much, Chris. So I'm going to give you twelve players. These are all the, the one thing these players have in common is that they're all players that I absolutely love, whether it's someone who I've watched on TV or watched live, or they're all they would all probably get into my top 20 of favorite players ever. Yeah. So I know at least I know at least two of these. Not all of them, though. Not all of them. Some of them are too obvious. So some like I've not I've left I've I've got one round that's quite obvious, and then it gets progressively harder as we go through. So okay. I'm gonna choose who goes first. Games like this, I prefer just difficult the whole way. I didn't know how good you lot were on squad numbers. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with Chris. Like getting the first what? question on uh, who wants right. to be a millionaire. I'm going to name, yeah. I'm going to name a player. What, between and one and ten? I'm going to name a player and, you're, and a team and you're going to tell me what squad number they wore while they were playing for that team. If it's a player who has worn several different squad numbers for that, for that team, I'll give you the dates. Oh. So I will say... For example, Frank Lampard between this date and this date. So there'll be no trick questions. So, you know, for example, I know for a fact that um, David Beckham started off wearing 27, but and then he wore 10 and then he wore seven. So there'll be there'll be dates. OK, and 23. And then 23 after that as well. Yeah. So any questions before we start? Um, no, let's go. Right. First one is Christopher, for, oh, no. Christopher Alley is starting as the host. So the first one is Steven Gerrard, Liverpool, between September 04 and May 2015. Um, I'm not good with numbers, by the way. Squad numbers, no chance. So maths. Yeah, maths, <laughs> yeah. quick math. Carry the uh, two. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go for... Um, oh, I've got two numbers in my head. I don't know, man. Don't, don't do that, He's Dan. synonymous with this number, I thought. I thought this was pretty easy. I ain't yeah. got a frigging clue. I'm going to go for number six. No, it was eight. Eight. You're in trouble with this game, Chris. You're playing in trouble, trouble with this quiz. Right, second one. I feel one like is... he used to wear four for England. He did used to wear four because Lampard did. always wore eight. Yeah, he did. Tell yeah. Lampard's a sort of geezer that would have kicked off if he weren't allowed to wear eight. So Stevie probably just went, you know, let him have it. The second one for Danny... Is Dennis Bergkamp Arsenal number ten? Correct. Oh no, I would have known that. The third one for Mark is Cesc Fabregas between 06 and twenty eleven for Arsenal. Cesc, ah, oh. I've got two numbers in my head. I'm going to go six. No, he was number four. Four, yeah, yeah. He wore, <laughs> he was. He wore 10 for Spain, 
and four for Arsenal. What's that? It's four or six. I know it was right. This one, Chris, I'm apologising in advance because no way you're getting this next one. Christopher Alley, Zinedine Zidane for Juventus. Um, overrated player, Hall of Farmers. Um, <laughs> um, for Juventus, he wore number 17. No, it was number 21. Oh, it's close though. I was just going to ask, can you hand these over? Can we get bonus points for answering? No, 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 no. I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to do one at the end that will be like a tiebreaker. Okay, yeah, Danny. Just because Danny won it, like, come on. I think I say four. Danny, my favourite ever player, Raquel May at Barcelona. Uh, can I have the years, please, Rory? Uh, he played for Barcelona <laughs> in 2004. You use it in a sentence, please. <laughs> yeah, use it in a libelous sentence. Yeah, but it's the only, uh, he only played at Barcelona for one season before they loaned him to Villarreal. I know. I know. Uh, did he wear the same number at Villarreal? No, as he, he did it. No, he didn't. Oh, oh give him a clue have, then. Yeah, you oh, told me that. I was about <laughs> to guess that We all get number. one clue. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to guess that number, but you shouldn't have told me that. Uh, okay, in that case, what would he have worn? Um, what shape is the number? He must... Round? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to go with with eight. He wore eight at Villarreal, ten at Barcelona. Oh. Unlucky there. Okay. How many points is that? Well, at the minute, Chris and Mark have zero, and Danny has one. one. Right, Mark Williams, Xavi Alonso, Liverpool. He was number, I want to say, 16. 14. That's so unlucky. I was like, 14, 15, or 16. I was like, (laughs) which one? (laughs) Right, Chris Alley. My favourite ever Arsenal right back, Bakary Sanya. Bakary Sagna. He was number. Um, let's go for. Uh, let's go for number five. Oh, it was three. 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 Yeah. Oh, I man. thought that was uh, that was almost too obvious. I was like. Uh, I, I thought I must be wrong. I was like, what, yeah. I've only ever seen him in a three, but maybe he started as a different album. Like, Dan, yeah. Danny, oh. I don't know this stuff, man. Right. Danny. Sergio Canales Betis from 29 to now. 2019 to now. So he signed with one number and he changed in 2019. So I think he was a six, now he's 10. Correct. He's pulled another one out. Oh, Danny would have changed his mind if you left him long enough. <laughs> say that's his answer, isn't it? <laughs> Just say okay. numbers, isn't it? Be like, correct. Okay. Yeah. Number ten, number ten on his shirt, number one in your heart, isn't it? But yeah, exactly. Um, Mark, Arjen Robin, Bayern Munich. Robin, I just always have Robin as eleven. But go on, I'll go eleven. It was ten. Ten. Ah. Oh. Oh. He was actually, I believe he was 15 at Chelsea because Duff had 11 and Joe Cole had 10. Oh, and, right. And, um, I, was, I thought he was 11 at Chelsea. No, Duff had, Duff had 11. But then Ribery might have been 10 then. No, Ribery uh, was 7. Ribery was 7. Ribery was 7, yeah. Uh, seven, yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. Last round. It's it's already oh, finished. Danny's already won. But I'm going to do the last round anyway because I sat here and did these earlier. Right. Chris Alley. Thomas Rosicki to avoid to avoid a donut 
to avoid a zero, Thomas Rosicki, Arsenal FC. Well, I'm not one to avoid a donut, so um, <laughs> Arsenal FC. I know it should be obvious. I know, but I've not. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say number seven. Correct. Correct. Yay! Yay! Funnily <laughs> enough, funnily enough, for those who are watching on YouTube, I'm actually wearing Rosicki on the back of my shirt now. Lovely. Outrageous Lovely. player. Right, Danny. I was almost certain I knew that one. It's just a shame I don't get that donut. Yeah. Danny, this is actually quite a hard one, but he wore this number all through his career. Michael Ballack. 13? 18. What did you say? 13. Correct. That is unbelievable. That is really good. That is very good. Mark? Very good, Danny. Good boy. Thank you. I voted through because I get a gold star. Well, that one, yeah. that one's actually. I think that's the most. I think that's the most. Um, that's you don't the most see impressive. many 13s, do you? Uh, you don't see many. No, 13s. but that, that's why I remember it because I don't know anyone else that's won thirteen. But he always. Uh, I remember at Chelsea in for Germany wore um, thirteen. Alice, Alessandro Nesta wore thirteen as well. Always wore thirteen, which I thought was a, like you know that number was synonymous with them two. And right. last but Nesta. not least. Easy one for Mark. Paul Scholes. United. What, between, what year? Between 97 and 2011. 18. Correct. So at the he end did of wear the, 22 for that He random. did wear 22 when he came back. Yeah, because Ashley Young had 18. Um, at the end of that game, we have Chris and Mark on one each. Danny's absolutely battered it with three. And the only one you got wrong was the Raquel May one, which he was really close on as well. So, fair play. Congratulations, well, Dan. Thank well you, done. thank you. Prize in the post? Don't prize in the post. A prize is a football shirt of your choice. For oh, under 20 yes. quid. What for, under, for, under ten, for under a tenner. <laughs> I thought you meant for under tens. <laughs> yeah, for under, yeah, for under tens. Um, we'll do Champions League next week. We'll just chat about that next week. How about that? I think that make, gives us just front three, back four. Correct. All right. Anything else? No. Uh, in my, oh, should I go? I'll go as I've started. Um, if you don't mind, Rory, should I just go ahead? Go for it. Yeah, lovely. Um, in my, uh, <laughs> in my back four, if my back four this week is, um, Sorry, I can't. I've just totally lost it. In my front three this week is my Sunday evenings because uh, they are now free for me to do what I like because Line of Duty hits finale this Sunday. And uh, I think some fans were disappointed uh, with the way that it ended. I had to make sure I watched it because I knew it would be in your uh, front three or back four. So. It, was always, it was always going to be one or the other, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, it's yours in, so yours is your front three because you've got your Sundays back. Yeah, so maybe that means we could, you know, we don't have to rush the podcast. We could tack on an extra half an hour, 20 minutes. You know what I mean, if, if, Make if it longer. Mark gets yeah. confused about the time again, you know, just back on. Yeah, I know we've been aiming to try and get this podcast shorter, but we don't need to now. So we could go on for, you know, at least another Great, hour. We could, we could do three hours now. Brilliant. Could do. Could do. The man you got, you lot talk about. But um, did you watch the finale? Unfortunately, yeah. I did. Unfortunately. Not a fan. Not a fan, no. I just don't well, rate it at all. I've watched the first series and just. I mean, for me, for me, it was the it, the equivalent of the end of Game of Thrones. There's two things in my life I've that I loved and hated simultaneously, and that has been Game of Thrones and now Line of Duty have made their way miraculously like onto that same same place. 
I feel like every big series will have a disappointing ending, even if the ending's that's not bad. So like get, Game of Game of Thrones is like I can rewatch it and I'm like, okay, I can see what you've done here. It's just rushed. The story isn't necessarily bad. But with Line of Duty, I was like, okay, this is a bit you've did yeah, I wasn't really a fan of the ending. H wasn't an H. Really an utterly useless. Like they, they randomly they decided the, the last episodes to change previously known as H, but now known as the fourth man. You're like, no, he wasn't known as the fourth man. He's always been H. Like, when did you change this? Just to- the whole the whole thing was just that's that's a funny thing. Like Game of Thrones was rushed. And is is it almost like they made this episode last week when they were like, oh, we've got to do something quickly because everyone's yeah, too many theories like have nailed it, innit? Yeah, like it's like they didn't film this two years ago, which they did. So how on earth they managed to think that that was going to be a good ending? I am. Um, well, Wolves and West One finished one one, but um, I think that they just they did this ending to set up whatever the next season is. I think that's all. So I wait until no next season is there. There has to be There's no chance. There has There's to no, be. This was the last one. There's no way that wasn't the well, end. Well, they ha- no, they, they well, AC thirteen's to... been this. Yeah, it's just yeah, gone. Disbanded. Yeah, but it'll come back. Trust me. Yeah, it'll come I mean, yeah, back. Now, now there has to be another one because of how it's left. Anyway, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Forever's yeah. not watched it. Um, in my back four this week is um, mistaken opinion. Uh, China has launched an app for citizens to report anyone who has mistaken opinions or denies the excellence of socialist culture. So the Chinese government has made an app where you can report people that you know who have who say unfavorable things about the Chinese government, um, about the the Chinese Communist Party. You'd be questions. banging trouble, mate. It, oh, it, no, never, never. I never say a bad word about China. Not no, me. Can't complain. Can't complain. There you go. So yeah. So now on this app, if um, anyone says anything that um, the Chinese government doesn't like, uh, you can report them which is uh, a good thing because, um, you know, most people say snitches get stitches, but uh, hopefully with this one, they'll get some rewards. Uh, uh, really you weird. they do like a, a loyalty scheme, like you get points for people you, you snitch on. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like the amount of... I'm the one amount person of away from a free coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're doing with it, but I think, I mean, like not to get too, too much into politics, my understanding is that that's how China basically do their communist thing is that people just tell on each other which um i mean if that's the way you want to do it that's fine but i i feel like a bigger deal needs to be made out of stuff like this is absolutely insane um It'll never work over here because grass is just not acceptable in our culture nah man you get banged up for that shit yeah, that's what i mean just no one likes a grass do they no no but that's why we're all poor and never rich uh, who uh, wants to go next i'll i'll go oh uh, go on then so in my front three this week, I'm going for Boris, who has apparently said that within a couple of months, there might be no more social distancing, which is, I, I've read in literally 10 minutes on Sky News, on the Sky News website, because I needed something for Free my front three. Yeah, that's good. Well, yeah, I mean, also, you're the first person to put Boris in your front three this week, so I'm happy you've come out as a Tory. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean I like him, by the way. I just, I want to caveat that. Literally, saying, that is what front three back four is. You've just said you like no, Boris Johnson. I like his decision. I don't yeah, like, I don't necessarily. I'm the same I, difference. I don't necessarily like him. I just think you, you know, just like his policies and his party. Sure. No, I don't like his policies or his party. I like this policy though. I like um I like the fact that you know we might be able to go and you know sit inside a pub, maybe even have some dinner, um, socialize with our mates and either fist bump or shake hands when we arrive and depart. 
you know, all things that we took for granted for a long time. Do you think people um, are going to shake hands again? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Still shake hands, isn't it? It's just a bit weird now. Like, what? Oh, I mean, I'd still shake hands with you three if it was like a complete stranger. Uh, I think, I think if anything, you. you'd shake more hands because you're like, well, at least now people are in the habit of washing their hands. Yeah, <laughs> that's, true. <laughs> that's true. But there's going to be no like eating the peanuts off of a off of a um, off of a pub off of the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I don't think people will be eating peanuts off of a, off of a bar in a pub anymore. I just want I want I want people to stop doing the whole elbow thing. I think that's a bunch yeah, of elbow money. things. Lame. That's just so dumb. It's like white people not knowing how to do a fist bump. They're like, oh, let's <laughs> do this. Let's no, get I, do, to each other. I do prefer the forearm one. I think that's nah, better. Than fist, bump. fist bump all day. Yeah. No, yeah, no well, fist bump. What are you, like 12 years old? Like, it's like a weird gang sign or something. Like just No, no, not the old, just like, like the forearm. I'm kind of, I'm kind of with Mark. I, I, I quite yeah, like the, uh, the forearm like, one. Yeah, yeah, forearm weird. yeah the yeah, fist bump's like, like some 12-year-old. Spud me blood. Come on, come on. We're going men here, like. You can start doing the old the old Black Panther thing. That's quite a good way. That don't involve touching at all. <laughs> we're gonna do, or we could just bow like Will Marshall. Do a hacker as we leave. That what? Is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, my back four, probably not for the first time, is the Football Association related to something in particular that's happened this week. So remember Wait, when we were? Related. It's football related. But remember when um, when the Super League thing happened and we all said we all said that oh the team should be deducted points, and a lot of high profile people came out and said you can't deduct them points because the fans haven't done anything wrong. Well, this week Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday drew at the weekend, um, meaning that they're now three points from safety um, with one game to play, and they pretty and and Rotherham or above them have a game in hand. They need a miracle to stay up, basically. Um, we're talking about uh, a historical team, one of the greatest teams in English football throughout history. You know, they're 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 a, they're a staple of British football. They've got a great stadium. Sheffield's an amazing city. They've got a huge fan base that have been absolutely starved of success for probably probably 15, 20 years now. Well, they're about to go down because at the start of the season, they had a six-point deduction for financial irregularities relating to the sale of their stadium. Now not one of their fans probably wanted them to sell their stadium and not one of their fans was involved in them selling their stadium. But those fans are now going to be punished by having to endure League One football for at least a season, maybe more. Um, And all of this against the backdrop of their bitter rivals having the best season they've ever had last season as well. Um, So I love an underdog. I feel sorry for Sheffield Wednesday because the only thing worse than your team being rubbish is your rivals being amazing um, by their standards. And I just feel sorry for all fans of Sheffield Wednesday because they've, they've been relegated through things that just haven't happened on the pitch. They you know what? Have... Do you know what? It doesn't sound good, but you know what? There's a bright side to this. Go on. I think they found a new League One fan in you, Ori. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next season, 100%. Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday, I've always had a... You know, you get them yeah. teams that you, that you have a soft spot for, for no reason. I think because they were in the Prem to... when we were growing up. Yeah, yeah growing up. They took a long while to be like, oh, yeah, Sheffield United are now bigger than them. And you also, know, like, the, if... the first cup final I ever attended was Arsenal against Sheffield Wednesday with my mum and my uncle, and it would have been about 93, so I'd have been, like, literally a toddler. Um but yeah, like I've always had a soft spot for them. And also their support is huge. And 
you know, when you get teams like Bournemouth and like Brentford look like they might be coming up, you know, teams like that being in the Premier League, whilst teams like Forest, Wednesday, Derby County, Bristol City. I mean, Bristol City have never been in the Premier League. Um, and it, it does annoy me when like what I deem as like farmers, if you will, Mark, um, like Bournemouth are in the Premier League. When a team like Bristol City have never got up, it just... It winds me up a little bit, and uh, yeah. I'll, well, maybe, I'll, maybe what they should do. To where where has more farmers, Bristol or Bournemouth? What they should do is <laughs> is ring fence the Premier League and just have no relegations. That should make you happy. Yeah, that'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, no, no go comment. on, Mark. You go ahead. Go on then. Uh, front three this week. I don't know if any of you saw um, Kanye West's uh, Nike Air Yeezy One. So a, a pair of trainers he wore in 2008 sold for just under $2 million. By so, him or by a collector? Uh, bought by a collector. He sold them. Yeah. Um, that lives matter. Honestly, like, it's, uh, the reason it's in my front three is because uh, I own a couple of pair of Yeezys holding on to them to, to resell. So I'm hoping, you know, as the ceiling gets higher, some of the, the, the lower valued stock goes up as well. How much did you pay for them when you when you got them? Each pair of trainers I own, I paid about two twenty, on average. You've and just you you've just ruined the sale there, Mark. Everyone now knows. I'm did you buy them more, as an I'm paying you more than two fifty now? Have did you, you buy them you as an bit? investment opportunity, or did you buy them because you like the trainers? No, to to resell. Oh, if, fair play. If you ever um, well, you say that, Danny. You go on StockX and you'll just see trainers, and it'll be like StockX buy for two hundred pounds, sell for seven hundred. They don't, they don't hide this stuff. That Danny doesn't uh, invest in real things. He only does crypto. <laughs> yeah, if, it, if it's not digital and fake, I'm not interested. Yeah. It's but not made of blockchain. The, it ain't yeah. made of nothing. Yeah. The problem with owning stock, which is valued based on Kanye's behavior, is it fluctuates more than Bitcoin. So don't, don't you worry. Uh, you get your momentum up and down with it. Don't. But yeah, honestly, uh, Kanye could design a, like... He literally could take a photo of his bare foot and people would be like, where do I buy that? He's, I don't know what it is about some of the following and he, he just has. up there. So, so, yeah. So, Kanye, front three. Back four. I don't know if any of you saw this young web designer from Argentina. Um, tried to go onto google.com.ar, which is the you Argentina version of Google, and it was uh, down. And he actually bought the domain of Google. Because he realized it was down. He went onto a site and realized it was up for sale, bought it. And then in the morning, Google uh, said, oh, this is a mistake and somehow just took it back off him. So it hasn't come out how they actually just took it off him. But well, they, own the, they own the internet, don't they? So Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so I've put it in my back four because it's a bit suspect. It's like, oh, sorry, we made a mistake. We're taking that back. I don't <laughs> know how, that... they got away, how they got away with doing that. Like, surely they should have at least compensated him and said, look, very clever, mate. Here's 10 grand. Uh, there was, um, it's been in the past, a lot of people have sold domains to big companies. Like, so sometimes people buy domains of company names, which are spelt slightly wrong, mm-hmm. or they'll buy company den- the names, which are like similar. So it might be like, google.internet or something and they'll buy up loads of those and hope google will pay them a few hundred quid just to buy it off them it happened so, a lot in the 90s people would like like open an account like put fill a website like like natwest loan and then fill yeah. it with porn or something and then natwest would have to pay them like 10 grand to take it down that's, what you, that's just what you told your mum <laughs> yeah. 
No, yeah. but it was it. I swear, my mum, my mum, my banking. Yeah, yeah, that's my bank. Mum, I do. Uh, look, my bank card. It says Bang Bros. That's where <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know my bank cards are stuck together, but uh, come on, mum. Yeah. Oh. Oh, what's this on your bank statement? Fake taxi? What's that? <laughs> listen, our parents listen to this. All right. Well, then, Danny, some family-friendly ones. Go on. Sure. Um, my, back four, my back four this week um, is something that absolutely pissed me off when I heard about it. But I'm pissed off because I have never heard about it until the other week when it was on the news. But did you hear about the post office scandal? Yes. Didn't I do this last week? No. Uh, about the people? Which one? No, what, about... Selling the resale, the stock, or the postman that got sacked? No, the, the post office scandal where nearly 800 people were prosecuted, some went to prison, some killed themselves, all because they were told they, were for, they owed the post office money for fraud when the post office just had a defective system. And this went on for 14 years. This is like the biggest scam in, in history. How, how do I not hear about this? You know, I knew a geezer. I knew a geezer, funny enough. Well, actually, I knew his wife. And it was it was like a rumour went around, like, oh, that woman, that woman's husband works in the post office and was caught robbing. And she, like, fully divorced him and everything over it. So just, yeah, so, Mark, in case you don't know the story, just to explain the story. So between 2000 and 2014, there were just over, like, 700 and something sub-postmasters and postmistresses who were people that work at the post office. Uh, which was an average of one a week over the time period, was prosecuted for um, either fraud or stealing from the post office. And what happened is they, they implemented a new computer system called Horizon, and it was basically faulty. And so at the end of every day, when they would count up money, it was always wrong. And basically, right now, the computer's fine. It's definitely you. And rather than anyone for all these years thinking for a minute, hold on, there's hundreds of people here, all thieving, all robbing, they all got so bullied by the post office, they all got forced to pay it back. Some people went to prison, like a pregnant lady that was on the news, she went to prison for nine months or something. There was one um, person that went to prison for four years. It's un- but, and, and it turns out, it was, they, knew, they knew for a long time, it was just a faulty um, bit of tech. There, there'll Not be some scammers in there, I bet. I bet. No, I, no, 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 no. They, they, they've, they've been campaigning for years and years and years saying, we're not thieves. This is, you know, something going on. They all finally got together. Anyway, it was on the news because they've just won. Like now, it's 2021. This is 21 years ago it started. They've just won the case. To it, was say, on, actually, it was on Panorama a few, a few years ago, and it's on BBC iPlayer if you want to watch it, because I did. But it's absolutely incredible. Like, this it's new unbelievable. System. And, then, and then the problem is, is that the Royal Mail aren't, didn't want to work with police, didn't want to work with any of the investigators. And the main person... I can't remember her name. It's a, it's a, like an older lady um, who was the head of the post office. It's literally she's literally hey? She's stepped down now. She's quit. She's been Well, she stepped down a few years ago, but she's not doing anything. Like, and nothing's even happening to her. They just phone her asking if she wants to talk. She's like, oh, no, I can't do that. And that's it. And all these people have lost years of their lives. They lost their jobs. They lost everything. And these are people who aren't from like London. These are like little villages where their entire reputation is a huge thing. People yeah. die. Like people, people have come, people have died, as in they've you know, died of whatever, illness, age, whatever. COVID. You know, and, and they've died with thinking and be, feeling like they're never going to get justice. They were, honestly, when I oh. heard this, I just don't understand, one, how I've never heard about it. Two, why nothing's been done about it. And how, who's the biggest scam in, in history yeah. I've ever heard? I, just, I, I did see this when it came out. I thought it was Postman, like, the delivery guys no I didn't realize. No, 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 you get you in, in the post office unbelievable yeah. anyway i just that 
I, I meant this was on my list for last week. I know we didn't do the pod, but I was I was watching that just Amazing. in shock. I can't, but yeah. and nothing's been done about it. It is, it is annoying when it is. You do feel like uh, because it's your everyday Joe Public, no one cares, isn't it? But no justice. There'll be no justice. But absolutely none. And it this has gone on for nearly two decades, or well, more than two decades. And it, do you know what? Wow. Like, sorry, I know I know we're going on about this. It's like. You know, one of the reasons why apparently the, the ESL thing kind of um, died an early death, particularly in England, is because of government intervention and all the things that they were going to do to 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 these football teams. Why can't they just do that quick enough? Why has this taken 14, 15 years to resolve this and there was no mm-hmm. government intervention? All you have is Boris Johnson saying, oh, this is a tragedy. Fuck you, Ryan. You know, these are these are everyday people that aren't aren't scamming anyone. 25, you know. I don't know. Just outrageous. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that, that was my bad thought because I just uh, I I can't believe it. I still can't believe it. I'm crazy. Um, in my front three though, in lighter news, in my front three this week, um, also was from last week. Um, is Josh Swain? Have you heard of Josh Swain? No. Have you heard of the Josh fight? Oh yeah. So I saw this the other week and um. It just melt my heart. I thought it was a it was bloody fantastic. So there's a dude, there's a student called Josh Swain from I think he's Nebraska or somewhere in the outskirts of nowhere. And he decided as a joke, he would jokingly message loads of people called Josh and just basically say, put a time and a date and say, we're all going to go and have a fight. Um, and sure enough, he said, and it was in a year's time and it was April the 29th, April, something like that. And it was last week, basically. Um, and he said, on this time, at this time, on this day, anyone called Josh you're all coming to this field and we're all having a fight. Anyway, thousands of Joshes turned up, literally thousands of them. And they all they all came with these a big like foam noodle things. They, they did organize the proper thing. And it and they all came like uh, dressed up, there were people in fancy dresses, all sorts. They all decided to do a big thing for charity. Uh, anyway, the, the winner of the Josh fight was, and the, the point was the last man standing is the only one who's allowed to be called Josh, everyone else has to change their name. And the last man standing was this four, little four-year-old who's been coined Little Josh. Uh, who got a little Burger King hat and um, got all these shorts. And they, they raised something like 10,000. He, he had, uh, I think he had learning difficulties, he had some problems in hospital, and they raised like $10,000 for the local hospital. Um, and anyway, since then, loads of other people are now trying to copy it, being like, oh, there's a load of, there's the Charlotte it, fight and there's the something it else. Has, but but that, that meme of messaging everyone with the same name has been around for 10 I know, years. But, but the fact that it happened and thousands yeah. of turned up a year later, in COVID, just honestly, just watch a clip. Go on Twitter and watch a clip of it. I it don't know there. about you. I mean, I watched the clip, but to me, it sounds like this fight was a little bit rigged. Yeah. <laughs> just, well, that four-year-old was good. But you know, like, this is why there's no Josh on this pod. They they, they have to be one better than everyone else, isn't it? It was a funny <laughs> meme that people used to send around. I've seen, seen it with every name, but no, Josh. Josh has to set it up. He has to make, make mainstream news. Uh, anyway, well done to Josh Wayne and all the Joshes, the thousands of Joshes that turned up. I, I really enjoyed that story. And I Did you in COVID? Yeah, it was last, last week. Jesus Christ! Amazing. Where do you think you would get on in, in in terms of percentile with your own with your own name? Because there's oh, not loads. that many. Chris. You don't get. Oh, Chris! There's a lot of Chris and that. What I'm yeah. saying is, where do you think you come? Where do you think you come? Top top five percent. We've all got very biblical names. I'll be smashing. Uh, are, you inc- are you including just Christophers or are you including Christine's? No, just like, Christophers. Because I reckon, I reckon, like, as much as he's a big lump, I know some nutters called Chris and Chris, <laughs> and Chris Alley ain't one of them. So, like, <laughs> I reckon you'd be struggling to get top 30%, Chris. I don't know about everyone else. 
I'm about oh, to change right. my name to Rory and I'll come round yours, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you never get yourself parked around there. Oh, dear. Right. That was a good one. Not too long one, hopefully. Uh, it's nice to be back. Very good. We'll see you next week after the Champions League. Big week for football. Big week for Pochettino. Big one for us as well. Got European on Thursday for the Europa League, guys. So, um, I've actually too did, much hope. Did you hear today they announced that Europa League finals being allowed fans? So, if it's Arsenal United, you know it will be on Ooh. our sofas. <laughs> <laughs> We got to do a live could, watch. I know you've been dying to do a live watch, Dan. So we could do that. How about that? We could road. No, we could road trip to Gdansk and watch it in a bar over yeah. there. Live, Perfect. live watch from there. Perfect. United Villarreal, great final. I look. Yeah, yeah, yeah you will be. I, I don't <laughs> hold that much hope. Yeah. All right. We shall see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.